Why? Semen, man. Let me zoom in here. Why? Semen talk. This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Under Siege. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the leathery, toothy, elasmo branchy, super gilly, Justin Waddell. How's it going there, sir? I mean, you know, it's going, man. It's rough out there, though. Ah, it's fine. How about you? Everything's perfectly normal. Nothing weird going on. Have you uh, started, uh, <clears throat> have you busted out your, uh, your markers and made your end of time signs yet? No, 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 I don't want done it. I won't be that guy. I won't be the monster shouter. You're not going to be, uh, what are they put, you know, making any signs or anything? No, 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 man. I'll write it out. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be great. I'll be like yeah. Vigo in daylight. You know, I'll just kind of just accept it. I'll accept it full on. Yeah. When all the stuff came down crashing on his head, right? Yeah. What do you do? Was it going up or coming down? I think it's coming down on him. Yeah. He accepts it. And that's how I would do it. There's a couple of times where people accept it in movies. They're just like, yeah, well, you like uh, Woody Harrelson in 2012. Right. Leo, like Leo Rossi and the accused. Um, yeah, no, it's great. It's super cool. Um, yeah. yeah uh, glad, to, glad to see you. Um, seems like folks enjoyed the last episode. I hope so. Yeah, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. This one won't be. Um, <laughs> we're out there. We're doing it. You know. Just got a, a note from somebody on Facebook saying yeah, that they liked the show. That was nice. Yeah? Who, yeah. who was that? Who, who somebody, they were talking about the Chud show, though. So <laughs> You but didn't share this with me. I just got it like while I was waiting for you. So you shared it with me now. Yeah. And what, what did they say? Did they say anything about me specifically? No, but they said that they just saw Grizzly Park and liked it. So mileage be, uh, be varied. <laughs> wow. You're, um, uh, that's the movie that you uh, helped... Uh, I give birth to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An anal birth. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, didn't you get to know the bear handler? Am I, I wrong? Got to, I got to know everybody. Was the guy obsessive about the bear a little bit or was he cool? He was not cool. One of the people in the movie went on to be, two of the people went on to be famous though. Uh, let's hear about those two. Oh, uh, yeah. The comedian. Whitney Cummings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Actually three, I guess. Uh, and then... Um, what was her name? Uh, Emily, I forgot her last name, but she went on to star in Coherence. That movie, Coherence. Yeah, I like that, that movie. Cool. Yeah. Uh, she's a star of that. And then the girl, the cute girl who played the Latina was the star of that movie, Fighting with Channing Tatum. 
Oh wow, the romantic. And lead. then you, your guy that you always brought up, you said was a nice guy. What was his name? He had a, he had a funny name. Randy Wayne. Randy Wayne. Yeah, that guy's he's great. A firsty, firsty. Yeah. Yeah, he, is he still he, out there doing it? He's is he still, he's still out there? He's still out there working. He was in that mm -hmm. Dumb and Dumber prequel, or was it that? He was in one of those, like one of those prequels to a famous film that was nobody nobody wanted. I think that movie's about twenty years old now. By the way, oh well, <laughs> was he in the sequel? Maybe no, he was. That's a little bit more recent. Um, what, do think of, what do you think of the Dumb and Dumber prequel? Now that I got your attention. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything about it. I do know that I, I like the original. Yeah, I do too. I have a good story about that. I think I might have told it before. Let's see. Let's hear how good it is. Well, I saw it in college, and it was like during like a, you know a time when there were a lot of tests, and my buddy and I went. We were super late. We missed like the first twenty five minutes of the movie, and it was dead. Like there was there were people in there, but nobody was laughing. And for some reason, my friend just started to cackle, just laugh. So hard. Even I was like skeptical. I wasn't finding it that funny. But my friend lost it. He like thought it was so funny, and then it turned the whole theater around, and everybody was laughing their asses off. So he like jump started the crowd somehow. That movie, which I always always remember. So rate that story from one to ten. That's pretty good. I was I had a similar experience in House of Sand and Fog. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little BK, a little Ben Kingsley. So uh, it was Dukes of Hazard, the beginning that he was in. <laughs> you were close. <laughs> now, did he play one of the main? Did he play? Oh yeah, a, oh yeah. John or Luke, or he played Luke Duke. Or Bo, Bo or Luke, right? Bo or Luke, right? Or David, <laughs> the, the younger brother, <laughs> super Nazi. David Duke. I wonder what he's doing these days. Do you think he's doing cartwheels? He's uh, he's enjoying his last four days of, of happiness. Yeah, maybe. David Duke. I can't believe they named a, a kind of cutoff jeans after him. <laughs> White ever, denim. Huh? Ever get caught wearing the David Dukes? <laughs> it's just the it's just the bottom of the leg. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's still around. Every once in a while, someone interviews him or something. Oh, that's that sucks. You know, he's a sweetie. By the way, fuck him forever. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Well, the microscope provides a service and it passes judgment. Those are two things that it does. Microscope, you ask, what is it? Oh, it's a show where we zoom in. We watch a film through the the watery prism of knowledge and secret ourselves through time, gelatinous as we may be. Quivering, shivering, and chastising ourselves as we watch a film to determine what makes or breaks. So if we were talking about secondhand lions, <laughs> we wouldn't talk about the scene where Haley Joel Osment gets executed for buying a brand new lion. We talk about the little moments. I did not know the plot of that film. <laughs> Have you ever seen secondhand lions? I haven't. Do you think that the, the the creators of that movie regret the title? Or do you think they're still proud of it? So it's Michael Caine, Haley Joel, and somebody else. Is it Edward Norton? It can't be. But there's somebody there's like somebody else good in that movie. Robert Cynthia, Duvall? Cynthia Rutherock? It might be Duvall, actually. I think you're right. It might be Duvall. It is I, Robert Duvall. Jesus but Christ. Is Kane in it? Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. Let me see if Cynthia Rothrock's in it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you want to talk about a cast? Holy shit, Kira Sedgwick. Yeah. You got you got Nikki Cat, Josh Lucas, Eric Balfour, Christian Kane, Adrian Pazdar. Whoa, 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 whoa. Eric Mike- Balfour in this? <laughs> Michael O'Neill from 24. All right, I got I gotta stop you twice. First of all, Eric Balfour, please click on that link. Is he still getting acting gigs? There is no way he isn't. He's gotta be. Yeah, he's killing it. He's killing it. You still in? What? Give me, give me something recent. His, his most recent movie was called Agenda Payback. Still doing it. Still out there. Bit of a willowy actor, Eric Balfour. Had a bit of the the Doc Holiday facial hair a lot. Well, you know he just rocked about? that that facial hair the entirety of his career. Yeah, which is stunning. Do you think? He, so you think he's a lesser? He's kind of lesser known for his consistent facial hair than a Sam Elliott, than a Tom Selleck. Eric Balfour in there doing the same thing, not getting the credit. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Cat, you mentioned as well. Love Nikki Cat. Me too. Consistently great actor who I don't think is acting anymore. Still acting. And 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 the thing is, he's another one. You lie because I look him up every once in a while because I like him so much and he's not acting. His last thing was in 2018, which is recent enough. He's a guy, though. How It's a miracle that he never became something because he has all of the... Uh, all of the ingredients to be kind of a big deal. Guy's 50 now. He still looks the same, basically. He's got such an aloof, like, dickhead coolness to him. You can drop him in into any movie, and he will deliver kind of an odd, interesting performance. Yep. And I wish that they were still doing that with him. Do you think he maybe was like, you know what? I'm done with this acting crap. He's still I'm working. do something else. No, man, he's not. Look at 2018 and then look below that. I bet he hasn't acted for a while even b- below 2018. I'm just telling you, man, he's still out there. Don't give up. Not on Twitter. <laughs> you think I don't know this already? Of course, I would follow him if he was on Twitter for sure. Mickey Cat? Do you think uh, William Cat's his uncle? I don't think so. I'd love, I'd love it if it were uh, true. How's your Steven Seagal impersonation coming along? You got one? I haven't worked on it, to be honest. Yeah, he seems like he'd be an easy person to impersonate. That's it's intimidating though. Intimidating. Think he think he took an acting class? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd be willing to bet money? Oh, they said eating. They said eating class. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Um, yeah. So, guys, we're doing under siege today. My we're goodness, doing, under we're siege. Three watery films in a row. You are welcome, humanity. We are doing um, two classics in a row. I'm not going to argue. Uh, and uh, two Gary Busey's in a row. That is a fucking treat. That's a treat. And um, kind of a lot of Erica Aliniak uh, movies kind of crowded together. You know. <laughs> yeah. She's she was the she was the love interest quote unquote in ET. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Luckily, we, Chasers is distant in the horizon, which is good. No, she's in Chasers. She's like the main, the main in that. Are yeah. you sure? Positive. I thought, um, I thought, uh, Christy Swanson was in Chasers. Don't, don't ruin it. Don't make me. Or is she in the chase? Atla Laniac. Well, who's who's the lead in Chasers? Uh, William McNamara. All right, and then and the chase is is she is Sheen and Christy Swanson, right? Right. This world's Chuck, too confusing. Chuck Sheen. I saw Chuck Sheen doing a commercial with his daddy. Some kind of like insurance commercial or something where they're arguing over lines. So Charlie Sheen's still allowed to represent things. 
I, I'm not against it. Yeah. Um, uh, the Chase, uh, sad to admit, I saw that in the theater more than once. Did you have a huge uh, crush on Christy Swanson? Is that why? No. I mean, yes. I mean, I did, but mm -hmm. I, I had a huge crush on Charlie Sheen, and uh, it was wacky as shit. And I think what Flea was in it, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a weird. It's just a weird ass movie. Christy Swanson, a uh, little bit of a political figure on Twitter. She is a, invited to the White House, I think, last year or the year before. Old D. Trump inviting Christy Swanson to the White House. This chaser, the chase was the movie where Charlie Sheen went full barrels into her in that in that movie line or premiere interview. What did he do? He ripped her. Oh, he ripped the daylights out of her. Talk about what did he dumb. say? Basically, making fun of how dumb she is. I don't really like Charlie Sheen too much, but I believe it, Nick. <laughs> she does not seem that bright. Now, here's the thing. The one thing that she did that I did like was that she um, professed uh, a love for one of our favorite films that she's in, Deadly Friend. Yeah. High watermark of her career, correct? Absolutely. Okay, so I, I, looked up, um, I looked up that famous interview from Movie Line with Charlie, and there's a line... Uh, no, but no, and this is a quote from Charlie Sheen, but no way anything went on with Christy Swanson on the chase. He claims a moment later. I mean, if ever a thought went through her, that airhead of hers, it would perish from loneliness. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, his, his, uh, arrogance and his rudeness 20 years later at plus proven true. I'd say not too sharp, but she did get invited to the white house along with some other, questionable actor that you wouldn't believe would be there um was it uh sorbo maybe kevin sorbo was there with her that guy's a diarrhea spasm yeah someone like that so tell me about your relationship with today's feature under siege well i remember above the law was a big deal when it came out and we watched that a couple times you didn't you know steven seagal kind of announced himself as kind of inserted himself as an action star back in the late 80s kind of out of nowhere, right? I mean, he just kind of was an action star all of a sudden, right? Well, that was the time. That was what that was the perfect time for people to be born into that, whether it be Van Damme, him, Jeff Speakman, uh, Thomas Ian Griffith. There was right. like this whole spate of these dudes. But the thing is, usually it didn't work. Usually it, it launched you into a career that Seagal later had, which was it launched you into like a directed to video career. Um, but Seagal actually became a pretty big star for a few minutes. I love his first four films. Right. What was it? Above the Law, then Heart to Kill, then was it uh, Mark for Death? Yep. And then this, I believe. I like I like what Steven Seagal was. Uh, obviously, what, was that? what does that mean? Just his, the, the Aikido, the style, the way, that, the, the way that it was done, it was very cinematic in a very strange way. It wasn't, acrobatic like bruce lee was or or van damme or anything like that there was just this clo up close viciousness to it that we hadn't seen a ton of on screen and i think it really worked unfortunately the more seagal put himself into his movies the worse it got well that's the thing is like his it's almost like his arrogance or something he just decided like hey i can do a movie you know and and then it just worked you know like it it just felt everything fell into place i don't know what it takes if he just surrounded himself by you know, obviously the director of his first movie is Andrew Davis, who later did The Fugitive and this movie. Yep. Uh, a talented director. So maybe that's what it took. But it just it just he seemed to come out of nowhere and then kind of fade back into nowhere. I mean, he's still around. Right. But he he's a strange figure. If you take a tour through his Wikipedia page, it's like it's insane. 
Yeah, he's the guy that he loves uh, environment, the environment, and Vladimir Putin. <laughs> you know, it's like a, he's a weird. He's been married several times and also been credibly accused of like you know sexual harassment. So and worse. So, but in his defense, he paid them off hush money. Some of them. <laughs> and, you know, he just another thing that is sort of unique about him is he can't act at all, I'd say. <laughs> and so any and, and, you know, a lot of times when people can't act, they hide it. But Seagal like, gets the camera centered on him <laughs> when he can't act. It's very interesting. I think this is some of his most credible acting. Maybe. I mean, Erica Eleniak is doing some of the heavy lifting in these scenes, Nick. You know. Uh, so anyway, let's we'll get let's, there. Let's start. So what what about you? What did you think? You love you love this movie, huh? Yeah, I mean, I was a fan of his already, and this was his this was his time cop. This was his larger budgeted, a little bit more epic uh ensemble kind of thing. You know, and it, he kind of came through. He, he it was a hit. It was a it, huge it, hit, yeah. It, it had big names in it. It was uh, a seafaring adventure. He's only in what forty something minutes of the movie, and it was just you know, it was a, it was a wake up call to America, saying, "Hey, you know what? There's uh, there's other people out there that can just totally own it." And then he instantly took a wet shit all over his career. <laughs> well, you're right. So I, I uh, he is hidden from some <laughs> a large chunk of this movie, which I guess maybe is Andrew Davis uh, his savvy, you know, like. You know, letting Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Oldman or Gary uh, Busey do the second hand lion's share of the scenery chewing, which they do. But yeah, so we'll uh, talk about the cast. We we mentioned Seagal, we mentioned Busey and um, Tommy Lee Jones, Eric Eleniak, but there's other people in here. You it's got tough. Nick Mancuso, you got young Glenn Morshower, Star Grizzly Park, mm-hmm. you got Dale Dye, military genii. You got Andy Romano always playing a military folk. You got Colmini in this action. You Raymond got Cruz. Damian Chapa. Raymond Cruz. Raymond Cruz, early role for old uh, Tuco. Uh, who else we got? So uh, many, so many great. Damian Chapa, by the way. And Natasha Hentra's old boyfriend. I get I it. I looked him up. I get it. But there's another connection to a movie we've done recently. Got You got Bernie Casey. You got Kane Hodder. You know. Kane Hodder's in this? Yeah, he gets killed as fuck. Ken Hunter does not like Steven Seagal. Really? A lot of people don't that work with him. Where, Apparently, where he's. Is, where, are you, where are you hearing Kane Hunter? I, I think I read trivia today, but in his Wikipedia page, maybe, it's just that he is like rough on stuntmen. Like he like actually hits them and stuff, and you know they don't like that, obviously. And so he's got a bit of a reputation of being, you know, a huge douche on set. And apparently Kane Hodder does, is one of the people that, that does not like him. I think a lot of people don't, though, including me. I don't think I like him. <laughs> I'm sure the tax man don't like him either. He seems like the kind of guy who'd be shady as fuck. You know what, though? How do you hate a guy who always wears a kimono in his private life? <laughs> I, can, I feel that because I feel like he's trying to cover, uh, cover up his huge belly. Oh, there's he's, no doubt. He's, yeah. he's adding drapes to his person, you know? And I think, I get it. I can feel that part of it a little bit, but he, he didn't have, he does not have a ponytail in this film, which he, that's kind of his trademark, right? A ponytail? Well, if you read the trivia, it's because the military wouldn't allow it. Exactly. But we're not here to dish out Zooms. We want to talk about this movie. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. gossiping too much. I'm in sorry. Big way. Yeah, so the premise is as such. 
Casey Ryback, played by Seagal, is a cook on a the vessel known as the USS Missouri. But he ain't just a cook, as we discover. And his beloved captain is coming across upon his birthday, and he is given a surprise that he wasn't expecting, his own murder. <laughs> as a group of people take over the boat and plan to use it as a weapon of mass destruction. And it's up to our chef and his faithful cronies to save the day. Well, they're trying to sell those weapons of mass destruction. They're trying to sell the nukes aboard the ship, right? So, but they're also trying to blow up Honolulu, which is mass destruction. Well, that's the tr- that's the trick. They were doing they're 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 pretending that they're going to cause harm, but they really want to offload the nukes to sell them. Then later, Tommy Lee Jones gets mad and just decides to blow up the world. But you're right; that's a good summation of the plot. I'd say that uh, it's a very it's like you know back then everybody's trying to make Die Hard, right? And this certainly is. They'd always make those jokes like Die Hard uh, on a boat. And right. this is certainly what that is. And in fact, this movie screwed up Die Hard 3, right? Because Die Hard was, the third one's going to be set up set up on a cruise ship, I think. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad it happened. I'd rather I'd rather have this out there than Die Hard 3 on a boat. And then Speed 2 is like, well, we'll just keep the boat thing. Yeah, well, and we'll do way, way better. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, there's an early shot when the during the peaceful times before the attack happens. They, sh- I think, during the credits, they show the boat cruising across the waters. There's a little dolphin swimming in front of the boat. Did you like to see that? I do, I do. What a cutie! Yeah, that dolphin is a badass too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it died. Yeah, it died. Yeah, it got COVID. It's recent. Yeah. It's What's a- the dolphin's lifespan? Is it? Is it? Is this? This dolphin can still be around. Did dolphins yeah. last a long time? Can I tell? Can I take a trip down memory lane? Mm-hmm. When I was a young man. Uh, my uncle for my birthday adopted a dolphin for me. What's that mean? Like he paid he paid an exorbitant amount of money uh, for a, some sort of a partnership with the World Wildlife Fund or whatever, and I, that dolphin was assigned to me. It was my dolphin out in the wild. And did you name it or? It had a name. It was a dumbass name. You don't uh, remember? Huh? It was like Shamrock. I think it was Shamrock. Oh, that's cute. No, fuck that Irish fucking dolphin. Do you think it's still around? I think I'd like to think in my heart of hearts, but I think a dolphin lives about twenty five years. And they is- said actually the the you can tell when a dolphin's old. How's that? The white beard. Okay, I think I thought you were gonna say their blowhole gets a little curly or something. <laughs> that would be funnier. Um, when I was a kid, I had an aquarium. I was at uh, there were dolphins like you could see in the window, like inside. You know, I don't know what they you know, they're outside, but you can be inside and you know the dolphins come up to the glass so we were like waving our arms like fins or like uh, their tail sort of like because we were little kids we were just trying to and they we were they loved it they were going wild they thought it was amazing and they were racing back and forth it was like we were communicating with them mm-hmm. mammals yeah but it was awesome like i never we did we kind of did it by mistake like and then everybody in the aquarium started to do it now did i hear the dolphins have been known to rape people what why would you even go there after my cute story what are you talking about? I, I'm not making this up. I think you just, something... you just said like you just decided to pivot to that. <laughs> do you ever do that like over dinner, like with friends, just like as a conversation starter? Did I hear the dolphins rape? <laughs> okay, so I I'm typing on Google. It says I, I, t- I typed do dolphins. Three things came up. <laughs> do dolphins sleep? Do dolphins have hair? <laughs> hey. And do dolphins attack humans? 
but I, I didn't. Yeah, they've t- um, there's not a lot. Okay, so yeah, there's been. Yep. What does that mean? Yep. They rape each other. What? What are you talking? They will rape uh, their own. What the fuck? Is that why Steven Seagal was so adamant about having a dolphin in this film? Yeah. Dolphins are known to pay off hush money to other dolphins. It's the only creature I understand. It's a fucking piece of shit. But that dolphin apparently also that I mentioned, because I was just trying to mention something cute in the movie, you ruined it. Is <laughs> <laughs> apparently an asshole. That the one in the movie? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. There's I, a good chance. I love dolphins. He looks so happy. He looks so uh he looks so jolly, but I guess he was just thrilled that he was on his way to commit some watery abuse. <laughs> <laughs> that may that that Maybe an es- one who has escaped. That may be a girl dolphin who's just dodged. Is it just the dude dolphins that do this? Why are we talking about this? This is a nightmare to me. And like as as the, the world cannot get worse, <laughs> just did a you just you just zoomed in on dolphins in the weirdest way. Well, I mean, the sad thing is, is they missed uh, they misunderstood the name of the famous dolphin. Flip her, and and then some. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fucking dolphins. Yeah. I got questions. I, I, I look, I'll look. ask them later. Um, what do you think of Bullia Base? I love it. I love Bullia Base. It's great. I think this is one of the only action films that the character says, I have 50 pounds of Bullia Base to prepare. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and then they show him doing it. <laughs> I find that think- a charming part of this movie, to be honest. Well, I like the premise, of course. I mean, he's like, he's this badass uh, ex-Navy SEAL who ran afoul and this captain's like, you know what? To keep you on the payrolls, to keep you uh, from being dishonorably discharged, I guess well, you can be the chef, right? You can be my, right. my ship's cook. And apparently he's he's a little bit skilled in there. Does he look like he's at home in the kitchen to you? Though? I think he does. Absolutely. Very convincing, Casey Ryback. Because I think they keep cutting away to like a stunt person that's cutting celery. Like I don't think it's Steven Seagal. Well, that that scene you're talking about, that scene that you're talking about is an insert that's supposed to sell the knife. It's not mm-hmm. really about the seller. It's just to plant that knife in your mind. Yeah, but it looks like he's doing great work on those veggies, and I don't think that's Seagal. Well, I don't mean to zoom in, but there's a sequel to this movie, and there's even more cooking conversation. Really? Yeah. Is he um, a cook on board the train in that in the sequel? Yeah. He's not the cook on the train, but he's a cook who happens to be on a train. Okay. But Bullia Base is great. Uh, they almost called this movie "All Your Bullia Base" or "Belong to Us." <laughs> what do you think of all that? What do you see when you see a bunch of garlic hanging from like stuff like a like a hundred garlic just hanging? <laughs> is that is that proper term? A one hundred garlic just hanging. You know, just yeah. a, a garlic uh, cloves or whatever they call the, the yeah. I the, whole, the bunches, it, the bunch it makes of garlic. Me, it makes me feel very comfortable. I, I see that and I go, "This is a kitchen that is doing some serious cooking." Yeah, that's what it's telling me. It's what's conveying. So anyway, there's some kitchen stuff going on. They're baking pies. They're getting ready for this birthday, but unfortunately, they get told that they don't have to cook. His crew doesn't have to cook because they have a some professional cooks are flying in for a surprise. And yeah. I can't, and no one can tell the captain because it's a surprise, right? Which is um, 
something's fishy going on. Mm -hmm. But first, we get to see the creepiest special effect in this film. Okay. Barbara Bush. <laughs> yeah, oh, George Bush is there. Cheney's in the shot. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're... Because they're there to um, were they are they there? No, this is just this is footage from another carrier, right? Another I think it's footage, footage from the actual USS Missouri. Okay, which they use, I think, maybe a couple of shots in this movie from the real one, and the rest was another boat masquerading as it, which was mm -hmm. a real ship that got decommissioned. So I like the fact that they got their extra, uh, you know, value by popping in some archival footage in there. I'd be awesome if 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 Bush had like a scene with Seagal in this, if they actually got him to be an under siege during his presidency, you know, you know, this cutting it up. And one thing I was surprised about buying this. And I told you is Seagal is, is doing like voices in this. So of he's like he to cut up his crew who thinks he's hilarious. He's doing like a Cajun voice. Yep. Uh, he's doing like a French accent at one point or something. You know, I guess it's like, an, it's like a little Elvisy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He does a bunch of voices, which that, that surprised me. I don't remember him being that uh, fleet of foot as an actor. It works it, like a charm for me. I don't know what it is. It works. Like well, a it's charm. so strange to see, you know, because you don't think of Seagal, modern day Seagal, ever doing that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, it makes me sad. There's an alternate timeline where Steven Seagal isn't the worst thing that's ever walked. You look at how. How charmed we are about what Dolph Lundgren has done with himself. Right. And and then Steven Seagal notoriously was a douche when they asked him to be in the Expendables. Did not take that olive branch. Could have been a turning point for him career-wise. Right. Fucked up. So what, what was the story? Is he wanted too much money? I don't know if it was about money or if it was just too cocky or whatever. But they asked everybody, even people that they weren't friends with, to basically say, you know, th this, is a, this is our fraternity. We, you know, let's do this mm -hmm. together. And the only two people were co cocksuckers about it. One of them was him, and the other was Bruce Willis, who yeah, was they, in one of the films. But then everybody hated him. Yeah, yeah. He remember he wanted to come back for like a million to sleepwalk through the film. Yeah, <clears throat> and they, I'd say both Bruce Willis and and Seagal have similar careers at this point. Although Bruce Willis still could be hired for a theatrical release. I can't scary, imagine the scary thing is, I don't think Joe Public sees a Bruce Willis movie show up on iTunes or whatever it is and 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 smells the shit. I think they still I don't think unless you're savvy about movies, I don't think you see it. I think it's one of those things where he's done yeah. enough stuff that's of, of substance or famous still that people just let it gloss over. I mean, Nicolas Cage is a guy that everybody it's it's kind of cool to make fun of him because of how goofy some of his stuff is. But at the same time, he's actually doing some decent work still. Nicholas Cage actually tries. He's a good actor, but he actually tries in those films where I think a lot of times, and this is what Seagal gets accused of, and and I imagine it's the same for Bruce Willis, and we've seen some of those movies, is they their names are always above the title, but they're not in it a lot. Right. You know, they're like just kind of there as everybody else is kind of doing the work. Anyway, so getting back to this film, what did, like... What did you think of one of our favorites, Gary Busey? After we saw him in Point Break, this is a much different character. He's still Gary Busey. He's uh, <clears throat> there's not one moment where you think he's a good guy. <laughs> he's a douche from the from the frame, the first frame he's in it, but he's still Gary Busey, and there's still something about him that, especially when he and Tommy Lee Jones are together, it's just so fun to see those two guys together. Mm -hmm. And and Tommy Lee Jones, whether he thought this movie was a joke or not is is a delight in it and is has a lot of energy and they play off of each other so well that 
uh, it was it was almost like Pappas had been brought back from the dead. Um, no, Tommy Lee Jones is he is not um, phoning it in in this movie. He's giving his, it is all it seems. In fact, I'd say he's more energetic here than Black uh, Moon Rising or something like that. You know, like he he seems engaged here. But you didn't mention this. You brought up Grizzly Park before Glenn Morshower in the house. I did mention him earlier, but you uh, didn't connect him to Grizzly Park. He was this. The baddie in Grizzly Park, right? He was, he was the well, spoiler, Jesus Christ, why don't you ruin it for everybody? Uh, he's in, he's a star of Grizzly Park, correct? Um, and you liked him, right? You, you I were love, happy. love yeah. Glenn Morshower. What a, what a cool guy. So he actually gets, he's has some um conflict with Seagal, just like Gary Busey has some conflict, but Morshower is not in this plan, he's not in on this. this yeah, attack. does he die? I don't think we see his character die. I think he must die, yeah, but they don't show it. Yeah, we don't see him again. Mm -mm. And I uh, think because there's like a mess that when the party starts to uh, ramp up and then there's a shootout, I think that's probably when he dies. But anyway, Busey, uh, there's a there's a there's kind of a confluence of events that happen to bring aboard this this band for this party. The bail jumpers, the bail jumpers. And then um, there's a Playboy Playmate says to jump out of a cake there. And then there's a bunch of, you know, these these caterers that come in cutting up meat, passing it to the crew. Uh, and then the cutting up all... and, and throwing it at people was uh, over the top. That was a weird scene. It's hard to watch almost for me for some reason. Is that later when the terror their terrorists are like snacking on the leftovers? Yeah, and Stranix yeah. is cutting off pieces and throwing it at people. Yeah, it's weird. Very staged. So anyway, Stranix he's playing harmonica. He, there's a there's a guy that's singing. One of the crew. He's got a good voice. And then. Um, Tommy Lee Jones announces, he's like, who's who's in the room? Who's the guy with the most seniority? Who's the guy that the most, like the top of the command? Because the captain's still in his room. The captain's been told well, to stay in and, his room. And, and, and what did he say to Gary Busey when Busey asked him to, it's my it's probably my least favorite line in the whole movie. What does he say when Gary Busey uh, says to stay in his chambers? I'm going to read a book. I'll be engrossed in a novel. <laughs> it's true. He I, does die holding a book. I know, but that is the, that's stilted. That's some stilted dialogue. Oh, that's right. And then, so Gary Busey actually gives, uh, who's this, this, uh, this playmate, um, played by Eric Alaniak is sick from the travel, like sick from the helicopter ride. And he gives her some drama mean or something. And then he's like, I got to get in my party dress. And he comes out and drag this huge, goofy, I don't know how to describe it. Like, um, you know, it's just it's just basically Busey with two huge like in a wig and like two huge like balloons as as breasts. I cannot believe there's no pop figure of this. <laughs> he looks he looks strange, and he does a crazy dance that you know that I, ma I imagine Andrew Davis had to uh, the director had to rein in a bit. Mm -hmm. you know, you know, seeing what Busey usually does, and it's it's crazy. And then he goes to get the captain. And what happens? Does the captain die before the crew, the crew know what's going on? Yeah, I, I don't remember the order of events here. But everything goes wrong, basically. I think the captain gets iced before that. Right. Well, he goes upstairs. It happens basically simultaneously because Gary, Gary Busey goes upstairs, starts to take off his gear, uh, and he waves goodbye. She shows his little panties on his way out. And then shortly thereafter is when Tommy Lee Jones interrogates to find who the highest-ranking officer is. So it's roughly supposed to happen at the same time. Right. So, although Tommy Lee Jones, I believe, is four minutes ahead of schedule. <laughs> That's right, dude. Right. And so, in half drag, because he's not wearing his wig at this point, he surprises the captain. 
it says hi, and then he shoots the captain twice, kills him, um, shoots his guard too, or somebody no, else does. Well, no, no, actually, he shoots the captain once, and then oh, that's right, yeah, the yeah. guard responds, and Colmini shoots him, shoots the guy, and Gary, <laughs> Gary's like, great shot, because he like the guy like lurches in and gets shot, and then Colmini does a, a coup de gras on uh, on the captain, the captain, right, and then Tommy Lee Jones starts shooting up, so everybody, so everybody basically gets rounded up. And the thing we didn't uh, say is that Busey and Seagal have had an interaction at this point, and Seagal has been thrown into a meat locker. Yeah, we've and also missed the. Yeah, he spits in the bouillabaisse. That's he does. And we missed uh, the scene where Steven Seagal dances with cue ball. And we did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I got, got to mention that, right? He does, yeah. Cue ball. And it to, to uh, I Got the Power, I think, one of those songs Classic. from the 80s. Classic. And this movie is the early 90s, right? I keep thinking it's late it's 80s, not, but it's... It was 92. But yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff happens. But you just have to know, basically, that um, Seagal is in the um, this meat locker being guarded by this young recruit who doesn't know what's going on. And he keeps his, he keeps saying, hey, do I hear gunshots? What's going on out there? My pies are burning. Get my pies out of the Get oven. Get my pies out of the oven. Love it. And this young recruit is, like, not having it. Like, he's he's not... He's a little nervous. But he wants to kind of follow orders. How did that work out for him? Everything goes fine. Yeah. Yeah. That guy must have made an impression on Andrew Davis, though, because he ended up being a part of the fugitive and for a while, U.S. Marshals. Gets killed in U.S. Marshals and actually a very sa sad scene. I disagree completely. Fuck that guy. Um, by the way, if you guys listening along uh, happen mm. to pop along onto IMDb, you should definitely check the IMDb photo for the actor Dwayne Davis, who's in this movie. Is that the guy from The Fugitive? No, but you should definitely look up his IMDb photo. Is it the one with the football in the face? Yes, it is. I saw that earlier today. Here's the thing. We talked about Gary Busey spitting in the bouillabaisse, the soup or whatever, whatever he's making. You hear? Remember what he, he also disparages it before he spits into it. He says uh, it smells like a lard omelet. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. I love that. And I think that if you can... I think this whole movie is basically Seagal getting revenge for that comment. <laughs> He's so mad about this critique, he takes out the all the all the terrorists. Yeah, aboard the ship. Anyway, do they get the pies out of the oven in time? They don't. They burn. It's one of the, it's one of the tragedies of this film. Um, that and the fact that uh, the captain gets murdered, but it's okay. Uh, yeah, so it sets into motion the action. Uh, shenanigan so Seagal has to take out piece by piece these people and we see instantly so Casey Ryback is not just a cook he's a former seal with a, an amount of medals that his captain was jealous of uh, as evidenced by a line of dialogue in this and he is a killer of lethal cunning so he um does all sorts of fancy shit in the kitchen kills people with weird shit and showcases that he's a very resourceful chap when it comes to yeah, this. Yeah, so they Timely Jones finds out that that Seagal's in the this unguarded area in the kitchen. Busey's failed to tell him. He sends the men to go kill Seagal. They end up killing this recruit, but then Seagal of course gets the drop on them and makes kind of quick work of those two killers and kills them sort of violently, I guess, right? There's he kills a, those guys, you know, and then the next batch he really enjoys murdering, including my beloved Tom Laughlin. Yeah. The actor from, I think, Crimes of Passion. Is it? I think he's in a minor. I think he has a minor part in this, but I love that actor. I, he, I thought he was going to be a big deal when I was a kid in the 80s. Seagal gets free. He he um, 
he gets his supplies together, plants a microwave bomb in the kitchen. And then he goes to the captain's quarters because he's like, I got to check on Cap. And what happens when he when he checks on Cap? He's fine. He uh, sees the captain's been executed. And they have this amazing shot of Seagal over the corpse. And there's zoom in on his face. And it's supposed to either show A, sadness, because his friend is dead. B, anger, growing anger, because he they have killed someone that he really likes and respects. And they've... They've committed crimes and he now has to do something about it. But instead of showing either of those things, <laughs> they zoom in on Stagall's face and hold it. And he has no expression. I that's <laughs> I remember that shot very well. And you can just tell that Andrew Davis is waiting <laughs> for something to happen. <laughs> and it never does. It's amazing. And it, it really is a long shot. Like it, he holds. Yeah. And you know, you, nothing. I know. I mean, it makes the movie better. Steven Seagal gives him nothing. It's amazing. So anyway, then he he's like, I gotta, you know, you're probably wondering what happened to this playmate played by Eric Eleniak. She's loaded. Oh, okay. So she, I mean, okay. You mean her character? Okay. As Seagal is moving through the ship and you know, kind of creeping around, he comes across this cake, this huge cake that she was supposed to jump out of, but it's unjumped out of, and she jumps out just in the middle and the nick of time when he shows up in that room. And she strips yep. to no one. Like there's nobody, nobody in the room, but she's still drowsy from this medication. That you, so we get a little bit of nudity in this. Yes, we do. And and Steven Seagal reacts to that by holding um, a gun to her head, <laughs> which is strange. Um, but this is also something that happens in this movie. I think I think is very funny, and maybe a little bit of a crit criticism of either Andrew Davis or the cinematographer or the producers is Erica Leniak, who's a very attractive woman is walking from the helicopter and they zoom, they, they have a shot they zoom in on her ass. Okay. Expected. I, okay. You know, this is under siege for God's sakes, whatever. But later Seagal, uh, he, he has her humping all the equipment, right? Like, so she's has a Wait gun a and she, no, but you know, he, she's like carrying all the packs and she's okay. dressed in like SWAT gear. And there's a shot of her just loaded with like carrying shit and just like these big clothes. And she goes up a ladder and that stuff and they zoom in on her ass again. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you, <laughs> there is, you can't even see anything, but they still like yeah. go to it. Well, this it's film very, is a very big, uh, Camille Paglia, huge fan, says it's very much a lot of subtext about the male gaze. I guess. And but mission accomplished. I just thought that was pretty funny. Like that they, they still, their instincts were still, can we get a shot of her going up the ladder, you know, carrying like a suitcase? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense anyway. Um, but, you know, I have to say this about Erica Lanek, who I never really considered or thought about after this. I know she was on Baywatch and I think she was, you know, and I think she actually was in Playboy. I think that's, that's kind of a reference in this. She was. Yeah. She's actually good in this movie. She is. She actually, better, than I, better than I remember. She has like a, um, a turn in this where she, because she's scared, obviously, and doesn't know what's going on. And then she kind of comes to the rescue a couple of times and, and holds her own in battle. Yep. Um, unfortunately, her prize is that she gets to be with Steven Seagal at the end. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a, that's too bad. Yeah. Do you remember some of the lines in this? Is it written by the, written by the guy who wrote Pretty Woman, by the way? Did you know this? I didn't. L.F. Lawton is his name. It sounds like a He has a line. Name. 
when he when he's in the when Seagal's in that meat locker, he says to himself, "And another cold day in hell." That, that's one of the worst one of the worst lines. Cut, you know, cuts to another scene. But I'm telling you, for the most part, there's some good stuff in here from Steve. I like his per performance in this. I like his character. I like how I, just, I like his character. Okay, and part of the fun of it too is. He's not cross-eyed, but he's sort of cross-eyed in a way. Mm -hmm. And whenever he's got, I I could watch Steven Seagal like wield a knife forever, mm -hmm. like twirling his arms around and looking all stiff. I love it so much, and he does it a tremendous amount in this movie. And honestly, mm -hmm. I'm I'm like a I'm like a snake when the charmer's blowing his pipe. Man, I am in it. There are several gory deaths in this movie. I was not expecting Some great gory deaths. Yeah, and that's there's, that is. Are we talking about the scene in that machine room? That's there's, yeah. There's, that's yeah. an amazing scene. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, he like it, he like turns into a serial killer. Like at one point, they're doing this thing in the sub where they're rigging up a bunch of like uh, I don't know, like two, what are the, those metal like railings? Yeah, so they can you know get the the nukes onto the sub that they that they've hired this Russian sub that uh, is in cahoots with them. I think it's and, an Italian. Uh, is it Italian? I think it was Russian. Well, there's a guy speaking Italian in one scene. No, I don't know. So one of these railings goes through a dude at one point, like just obliterates him, goes through it, his it, chest. Well, that and then a guy. Okay, so they they super kill that guy, and then the next guy. He punches him once and throws him into these chains and he's hanging there. And I guess he's dead, but he nothing really happened to him. So you got like, an, like ultra, an ultra murder and then a barely injured that they. And that's like, a, yeah, he looks like he's knocked out. That's like a diehard thing. Remember, they do that in diehard. That's right. Kind of. And then yeah. and then he goes downstairs into this room and it's I watched it three times because he goes in there and he's sneaking in and he waits until he's, I guess, at the end of the room. And all of a sudden he takes on all these guys. One guy gets super stabbed one guy gets pushed into a machine where his arm is cut off or cut into yeah his shoulders cut into a guy gets, <laughs> there's a throat rip later on and the sound that the guy makes is tremendous yeah throat rip i wasn't expecting that a little yeah, roadhouse actually, little roadhouse action yeah it was like there he just got some super violent deaths in this and you know including tommy lee jones at the end he gets super dead um <laughs> But anyway, we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves. What did you think of the ship having a place called the Forecastle? Foxel. Foxel. It's called a Foxel. That's what I kept saying, but it's spelled Forecastle, right? Right, right. No, that's that's a very famous nautical thing, so I love it. I don't I don't know anything about ships. It's called a Foxel. Yeah. But it's spelled Forecastle. Correct. Why? Seaman, man. Let me zoom in here. Why? Seaman talk. Yeah. Seaman talk. And that's talk. where that's where these dudes are. They they round up this large crew and they 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 jam them in here and weld them in, weld them in. And um, at one point, Timely Jones or is it Gary Busey has this bright idea of, <clears throat> in order to because you know here's the thing about Seagal in this movie, he's running around that ship like a little gremlin. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he's just he's foiling all their plans. He's killing all their uh, people on this team, this huge team that they have. But he's like a little gremlin aboard that ship. And in order to flush out the gremlin, get him to stop doing all the messing up their plans. He Busey starts to drown the crew yeah. in the foxhole, as you yeah. say. Yeah. And um the best is that um Seagal formulates a great plan to stop that. He drills into the wall. He turns the water off. No, he but he drill no he drills into the he burns through the wall. 
But he also I'm, turns the water off first. I don't remember that, but mm. by the way, he also stabs a guy in the armpit a lot of times, and that's my favorite. <laughs> he does that in the scene you're talking about. Yeah, he, he armpit stabs this guy like four times in, in succession, and it you feel that. And these guys ever, are, these have guys you ever are accidentally like, cut yourself there? No. Why are you, sh- why are you shaving there? Oh, no, I, I had one of those electric things, and I was because you're a kid, you're like, I'm gonna try this when you get the hair, mm-hmm. and it is the worst pain I've ever. It is so intensely painful. I bet it's hard to heal. It sucks. Yeah, it's like cutting yourself between that the is fingers. that is Gland Boulevard. You know? Yeah. So guys, if you're shaving the armpit, don't. Girls, I don't know. You guys are miracles. I don't know how you do it. Do you? Gary Busey's wearing a bandage on his face, like a little bandaid on his face throughout this whole movie. Uh, he rips it off. Right before he, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> As a little symbolic, I'm free. I'm finally free of Steven Seagal. I've I'm ripping off the bandage because Seagal punches him. That's why he has it on there. And uh, he's not free of Seagal. Um, I do. I do like the fact that he go. <laughs> he's he goes from being really confident to being really nervous mm-hmm. when he when he sees that danger is happening, and then he gets back to being confident again, and then he goes to being dead. Well, they keep t- they, in this movie. They keep celebrating too early, so they they have this plan. And then Seagal fucks it up. So then they kind of get back on board. He fucks it up again. There's at one point, there's a toast that happens. They're toasting champagne, and Busey toasts weird. He like does it too much. Like everybody else is kind of toasting, clinking glasses together. He does like a kind of a clinks his glass and then lifts it up real high, and you know with its big teeth. Like he it's just a it's a very energetic toast. That no one else is feeling, but I love it. I mean, you didn't notice that, I guess, huh? No, I do, but I, I, I think I just find it very weird that at this stage in your life, you are questioning how Busey does anything. I'm not questioning it. It's amazing, and it's, it's expected. And if he toasted normally, I, I would not like this movie. Right, it comes through. Right. Yeah, he can't even let something like that rest. He has to do it weird. It's amazing. Do you do you think that uh, there's there's sort of a nod towards the sequel when Steven Seagal mentions open territory? Does he mention it? He mentions open territory, not dark territory. Mm-mm. But it's almost as if he's planting the seeds. He's at that point, he's planting the seeds for the unmissable sequel. I guess you're right. Did did was that that wasn't directed by Davis? No, it's Jeff Murphy, I believe. So. What do you think after he does quick makes quick work of those guys and that were machining those uh those you know the steel whatever the the railings or whatever and he kills all those guys like you said Eric Oleniak says you're no cook and what does he say? Well, I also cook. That's the best. That is the line I remembered from this. I like the scene where because he fashions a basically a high a high tech cell phone to speak to the. The war room, because there's another big part of this movie is this war room full of guys shitting their pants. That yeah, that Andrew Davis took inspiration from. Is it Davies or Davis? Davis, and from, he took and he took inspiration from Doctor Strange Love for that for those right. scenes. Thankfully, you know. Yeah, so it was weird because you know, like there was a period of time where everything was set set in a war room. Twenty four, you know, West Wing. Everything had their war room scenes, and this was one of the early ones, man. Well, there's a guy that that everybody keeps blaming because he's he actually was Tommy Lee Jones's boss at one point, and then, and then he Tommy Lee Jones got a little out of order. He got a little too violent on a mission or something. So they decided he, this guy's like CIA or something. They decided to try to kill Tommy Lee Jones, and it didn't work. And now this is that guy's it's Stranix, 
his revenge is doing this. And that's Nick Mancuso, star of Nightwing, and also a character in the sequel to this movie. Is he in, is he a bad guy in the sequel? No, he's just that whole war room crew has the second act in that uh, in that other movie. They set him up to be kind of in on it in this, or at least he's super incompetent. Well, he, and... Yeah, he's or he no, I think he's just really shady because of all the top secret shit. Yeah, but they don't make him out to be in on it. He's not in on it. Um, no. He's just kind of over his head, like yeah, well, like you his don't, fault. You don't fuck with Stranix. I mean, everybody knows that mm. shit. So at one point, the Seagal decides. Um, you know, there's this sub out here, and the sub is like, they're gonna. He knows they're gonna offload these nukes. You got to take care of this sub, right? They're they shot some planes out of the sky, like they, they with, with rocket launchers from the sub. This crew was coming to help, and um, so Seagal is like, you know what? I got to take out the sub, and they do a MacGyver sequence where he's putting together a bomb, you know, yeah. from everyday supplies. And at one point, he uses a condom. He sure does. And Andrew Davis decides to show the condom and then the next shot is showing erica leniak he goes from condom to her andrew davis i see you you piece of shit i i like the fact that nobody made a comment though that seems like a perfect line for some bad joke and they didn't do it they didn't yeah, yeah. maybe they thought of it too late or something but um you know Seagal, I mean, they, they probably cut it out he, he, he probably looks and goes, sorry, I was going to use this with you, but... That's not a joke. That's a statement of purpose, because that's what happens at the end. These two get together. These two lovebirds. We their don't... Love, their, lo this, their love grows aboard this the USS Missouri. No, we don't know that. This is we a love story. <laughs> is it not? I mean, I, just because it's not registering... It's as much of a love story as your average dolphin pod. Well, she definitely gets attracted to him as he becomes more and more himself, as he gets more into... She, you know, less a chef, more of a... Soldier. Where do you see that? She never shows one moment of attraction to him. She, Of course she does. She shoots in the eyes. She's interested, man. You can tell. There's no way. And she's like, I like the, I like what you're working with. You remember that line? I like what you're working with, Casey. <laughs> His name's Casey. <laughs> His name is Casey in this. Yes. There has never been an action star or an action character named Casey, has there been? I, uh, Casey Jones from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <sighs> I stand corrected. At some point, his his boys, his friends, his crewmates call him Case. That's cooler, right? Not really. Yeah. Anyway, so he makes his bomb, gets in scuba gear, and he starts to do a weird swim towards <laughs> the sub. It is a weird swim. And it's like they, you could, if you're you're already in the water, you might as well go under the water. He does a weird swim, and he uh, they see him. Everybody sees him, starts shooting at him. Uh, that's not good enough. They pull out these huge grappling hooks and start to fling them at him, and it works. It actually <laughs> hits him in the back and chews up his back. Yeah, but well, we don't know. Hurt. We don't know that until later because I thought he put that piece of ripped shit on there as a decoy. What does that mean? Like on his back? They, they pull up one of the like the anchors or grappling oh. hooks or whatever, and oh, it's there's got a piece part of his, his wetsuit <laughs> on there. It's like what a great idea, Casey. Like, make them think they nailed you. Oh, they did and, nail him, though. And then he still gets the bomb in there, and he hurts the... And I think this is the technical term. They hurts the sub's wing. And then that makes Gary Busey all mad. He's like, we got to fix this. I can fix this. Get me an arc welder. That's what he says. Yeah. <laughs> and he does. He actually fixes it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just before it all ends. I And it was funny. I, I didn't realize how many times Seagal changes costume in this movie, but it's a lot. 
Well, he, after this, he's wearing a hoodie. But before that, he, he yeah. first he was in camo. Uh-huh. After for a while, first he was in chef gear. Then right. he was not. Then he, but then he has this camo, and then he has this black, like traveling around, scary suit. And then he's got a wetsuit. He changes like five times in this movie. It's like a, like it's like he's in a concert. It's like he's uh, a, yeah. play, yeah. And maybe that's where Alaniac starts to fall for him through all these wardrobe changes. It's like, like man, Stefani in this. He he fills out that he fills that out pretty good, you know. He, uh, his character, maybe he's compulsive obsessive. They don't, and he has to keep, every time he thinks his clothing gets a little dirty, he has to change it. You're right. Yeah. He and I do like, yeah. He, and he'll look at Damien Chop and say, what's my dick print like in this one? And, and he'll get like a yay or nay before he goes out. He does have to change at the end because he, his, his suit is all messed up. And, um, they never show him out of the water in that suit, by the way. I'm skeptical. I, I think it doesn't look that good. Well, no, remember, he drags himself up the ship. He's sitting. He's not standing upright. He's sitting in calm and he's about to kill him. I know, and it's funny because Seagal looks like, yeah, that's just it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired. Eric Alaniac shoots him and saves his life. And then he has this cute little smile, like, aw, you know? Maybe that's when, he, that's when he found his love. He said that she, remember, she said she'd never kill anybody. She, yeah. she has two rules, never kill anybody, never date a musician. Right, or right. Yeah. yeah. He says something like, Next thing I know, you'll be dating a rock and roll star. Yeah, something like that. Like one of the uh one of Tommy Lee Jones's team. So, Tom, jumpers. so Tommy Lee Jones, so then yeah, that's right. So Tommy Lee Jones is having a rant. What happened? okay, so this is what happens is the sub gets a move on. They get they they start to kind of get it away from the ship. Um but Seagal has uncovered a new a crew, like a, a like a little bit of a, a gang put together, a gang of, 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 you know, a group of people he rescues from a small room, and one of those guys is a gunner, and he shoots the he ends up shooting a huge those little what are those three guns at the top of the ship? I don't know what those things are. Yeah, they blow, up, they blow up that damn sub. I like the scene where they're putting the cute little like. Altoids into the thing. It looks like marshmallows. Yeah. Yeah. I like that whole sequence where it's like a little montage of them getting the Altoids into the guns and everybody's all working as a team and everybody's lugging it and humping it. And you know, the Busey, guy from Busey. Ace Ventura is being useful. It's pretty great. Busey's trying to get in the ship so they can, so they can submerge and he doesn't do it. They don't do it in time. They no, no, they, they do submerge forever. <laughs> he gets blown up real good. And um, but not before the guns hurt Tommy Lee Jones's ears because he's aboard watching this happen. And he throws a fit about his ear hurt. He goes flying and it's adorable. Mm-hmm. He also has like a weird sh- a speech about Saturday morning cartoons. He does. That's after that. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it is, but it's weird. I think it's after he loses his mind. Mm-hmm. And we didn't mention his costume in this. He doesn't change. <laughs> no. He's got like a tie-dye t-shirt and a leather, just spiked leather coat in this. He's got a bandana. He has that perfect Tommy Lee Jones length hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Darth Vader, I guess they call it. <laughs> he's he's uh he's he's leading the rebellion. He looks counterculture, Nick. And he's he like a, he's a damn hippie to Seagal's. Um, what, what's the reverse? The pig? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. an authoritarian figure. And who wins? 
TBD. Mm -hmm. The fight is a draw. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, Timothy Jones gets the drop on Seagal, and like he could kill him. Yeah, he doesn't. He makes he mess. He he decides to monologue instead. Well, they have some history, but I do like that monologue, and I like the way he's using his arm. He's like every time they walk near a pole, he does this dramatic gun shift thing that somehow he's works. Point, he's pointing the gun right at Seagal's face, and it doesn't. That doesn't even fade Seagal. He's like, whatever. Casey's like, uh huh. Been here, done this. Oh, you got a gun on me? You could shoot me at any time, no problem. You know? Yeah. And then, and of happens? course, the confrontation, he knocks the gun away and a knife fight happens that makes me giddy. Giddy. Yeah. And, and it's so funny because, first of all, editing is great. It's shot great. And he's delivering little cuts to Tommy Lee on the regular. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're also, he's cut, but Tommy Lee's getting some shots in too. Not really. Not really. Well, at one point, Seagal's knife uh, bounces off the leather coat. <laughs> yes, it, does. it doesn't go in. Yeah. So then you're, there's method to his madness, you know, to time yeah. to, to, to the fashion that Tommy Lee Jones is sporting. Second and unit then, got to go home early that day after that it's shot. It's too bad that he wasn't wearing that leather coat on the top of his head. You know <laughs> that is okay. So honestly, I screamed when I saw that in the theater. With joy, and I screamed still. It's it's it makes it's one of my favorite things. It's walk us through what happens. This death scene. So walk us so, through. So, Seagal is delivering little blow after little blow, and he uh, he ends up getting Tommy Lee Jones' knife in his mouth, and he's holding it in his mouth, and he uses his free hand to squeeze his eyeball away. Right. And then instead of stabbing him in in a soft region to to put him under, he goes. He just nails him to the top of his head in what it can only be described as pure sex. He pl he plunges the knife straight down into his brain, and then because they don't want to show a dummy with a knife sticking out of it, they just well, he rams it into a monitor. <laughs> well, there's first of all, it's it's not it's one of the great dummy of all time. Like, one of the classic dummy heads of all time. And then he, th there's this great cut where it's already in mid progress of him just dragging this guy's face to the computer console. Mm -hmm. Delightful. He does not survive. And honestly, that's what I love about this movie is it's a great scene, but it's also super fast and it's not even close. The fight. Yeah. 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 And then, the, then there's this thing about them stopping the missile or whatever. Yeah, because because at this point, Timely Jones has launched missiles at Hawaii. Yeah, two of them, two tomahawks, and yeah. he ripped out, ripped out some wiring so people couldn't stop them easily. But that's no problem for Seagal. He's a technical mastermind. I don't like the idea of 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 something threatening the Rock's career, so I'm glad they pulled that off. Ryback, load the disc. That's the direction he gets in. It's a it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a it's a great '90s action film, and Andrew Davis is very good at his job. I think. Yes, this is what I guess Harrison Ford watched this movie and immediately agreed to the Fugitive after this because he thought this guy's got some chops. He, it's like a baby, like a baby McTiernan. He specifically referenced the condom scene. He was like, you know what? What a genius! The Fugitive. So Oh, a pretty great movie, I'd say. I like The Fugitive quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Way to go on that. Way to go on a limb in an Oscar-nominated film. I mean, I don't. Do people think about that movie anymore? Yep. Okay. So you're uh, you're on the your your boat docks at this seedy uh, floating Asian village 
thatch huts, lots of uh, mongers of different sorts oh. everywhere. Yeah. So somewhere behind a monger, uh, you hear a buzzing sound. You and you go through a weird wicker room, and uh, sure enough, there's a sweaty individual there with a needle whirring away. Artifacts from the movie hanging on the walls, and he looks at you, and through a translator says, "What can I put onto your body?" <laughs> well, are you familiar with the movie um, or the Twilight, the famous Twilight Zone um, show, the the Monster on the Wing, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet. Yeah, that's what it's called with William Shatner, and then they later yep. did, redid it in the movie with John Lithgow. Yeah. So I would do that. I would I would reference that. It would be a plane with instead of a gremlin on the wing ripping up the engine, it would be Steven Seagal on the wing ripping up the engine wiring. Which is funny because an executive decision, he gets a moment similar to that. But he, you have to admit, that's what he does. He's a little gremlin in this guy. No, that makes me happy. It's a cute. It's a cute visual. I'm going a different way with my tattoo. Yeah, not the same um, one. No, different. So not sort of like like under my nips. I've got like uh, like three crop circles down there. I've got each of the burnt pies. Like, <laughs> were there three or were there only two? There were three. This so I got one. I'm, I'm Wahlbergen. Agree, so. agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> I'm Wahlbergen. It. I got one under each teat and then one in the middle. What, is, what does that mean? You're Wahlbergen. He's got three nipples. So. Does he really? We provide a service. What? <laughs> he has three nipples. Tell me about this. He's got a ghost nipple. He's got like a third, a third nip. It's like a, it's it's not in the middle. It's off underneath one of the other nipples. But he's got it, and it's How do you been. Know this? It's famous. It's famous. How have I not heard? Uh, the, uh, he he got so he, he did get some cosmetic stuff done on it. Um, so it doesn't. It's not as noticeable, which is why they renamed Four Brothers because they brought Garrett Hedlund in there just to because it was originally just about him and his tits. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he has three nipples, huh? Yep. I just yep. I did not expect to be knowing this right now. <laughs> so I refer to him as the most nippled actor in history. <laughs> I can't believe we have just now brought this up after the after doing Fear, for God's sakes. Why did um, yeah, wait, this this is a revelation that you've been hanging on to? Is like I apologize for sitting on it. <laughs> secret treasure. <laughs> He's insecure about it. Yeah. He's a famous underwear model, right? Like he he actually yeah, he, and he did a lot of shirtless stuff, yeah. Right, he has, a, he has a, a little ghost nipple. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland's got a, a conjoined twin. Do you know about that? What are you talking about? No, huh? you didn't see you, Mike. No, you didn't no. notice there's an entire other Kiefer Sutherland on him. This is no? another thing I didn't know. No, I'm sorry. Um, all right, so hey, you you're in the movie, dude. You're a, you're you're taking place in the in the running time of deeper of deep rising, mm -hmm. of uh, of ooh deep rising. I'm thinking now uh, of under siege. Yeah. You're, I'm a character in this movie, as you're saying. Yeah, now I want to watch Deep Rising. Yeah, well, it's a, a very fun movie. I'm Play Girls, uh, J Mr. July. And I've also flown in on the helicopter with the bail jumpers. A little less fanfare when I get there. They do, I don't get the ass shot and all that, but I'm <laughs> strapped. So they they march me in. I do my thing. I mar They march me into a different room, and they say, all right, you're going to wait here until it's your turn to come out. Mm-hmm. 
and they say, here, get in here. And they tighten, they put me into my little, you know, I'm going to pop out and I'm sitting there for hours. Right. Dark as shit. My, I'm like blowing myself because my, my body is so squeezed, you know, and I'm just, I'm, I'm smelling myself, you know? Right, right, right. Um, and the events of under siege happen and I'm never visited again. And then I start to feel a movement. I'm like, okay, I get to burst out of this cake, except it's not a cake. I'm in a shell and they fire me into that airplane. So they hid me inside of a bullet <laughs> and I am destroyed. They kill you? And I am just I never, furious. It never occurred to me that Playgirl would actually have, uh, obviously they would do that for sure, but like centerfolds and um, uh, Playgirl of the month. You never yeah, hear that term. Of course there's a playman or whatever they call it. Yeah. When I say playgirl, play, play, play guy of the month, whatever. wonder what that is. We'll have to look that up because I never even, they did a monthly thing too, or maybe that wasn't a thing for play girl, play, play girl, girl. Yeah. I'm sure there was a play man or whatever you want to call it. A play master, you know, to play Kate, whatever you call it. Yeah. All right. So I'm Steven Seagal's equal in this movie. I'm, I'm also the cook. I'm aboard that submarine and I'm also, I'm the, I have the same backstory as him. Okay. Where I'm a cook. I've been, but I'm also like an ex like mercenary. I'm like, I have all these amazing skills. I'm like, but I'm, I'm also, I'm cooking aboard the subs. I'm making a little wink on Wednesdays and make submarine sandwiches for the crew. You know, like I'm a pretty skilled cook, but I'm also having fun and things start. And I'm bad though. I'm a bad guy, terrorist, mercenary for hire, whatever. And all these things unfold, right? But I, I'm aboard the sub, so I don't really have to do anything. I'm just kind of waiting, you know, for Seagal to come aboard so I can have my fight scene. Unfortunately, he blows the sub out of the water before any of that happens. But you don't see what happens, what I do, as that shell starts to blow the ship. What's that? Blow up the ship. As everybody starts to explode, I roundhouse the explosion right before I die. <laughs> so you know a little bit, at least, that I'm, I, I'm, I'm as equal. I roundhouse the explosion. Okay. Right before it turns me to ash in pieces. <laughs> I'm just, I'm as equal, Nick, if not as better. Yeah. I just didn't, the, the, the story didn't come aboard to me. Like, yeah. in fact, when all this, when he's creating all that mayhem aboard the battleship. Yeah. What do you think I'm doing in there? I'm making eggs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm just, yeah. I'm preparing for tomorrow's meal. That's what I'm doing. Um, and my, my uh, my character's name is Mr. Boy. <laughs> okay, Mr. Boy. Yeah, like it. Yeah. Uh, so dig this. Or Chef Boy, if you wanna. <laughs> oh wait a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, no. Um. So you uh, you've been given the financing to do your own sequel to Under Siege. Chef, Chef Boy are deep because we're in a sub. Uh, is it getting better yet, or it's <laughs> getting funnier? It is not. <laughs> Clap that out. All right, go ahead. What are you saying? I, I, no, I'm saying you, you, you've been given the chance to green light a sequel to this movie. Where do you go with it? What's your sequel? Well, they did do a sequel, Nick. But this is your sequel. It's a good question. Where could Casey's adventures go from here? I got Casey's not in my sequel. Okay. So the boat, Missouri fly, sails away. And, and in the spot where the sub descended, some bubbles come up. And then two breasts. So Busey's kept his breasts from the uh, the costume, and he surfaces. Oh, wow. He's been, he's, been down, he's been down there drinking air from his breasts, and now he surfaces using the, the heated uh, 
rising tit air or whatever you want to call it. Technical. Right. Yeah, he flies to the top. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever people do in the water. Sure. And uh, he he's fine. Like he's a little scarred up, but he's used those breasts to buoyant himself. Yeah. So he is there. He's fine. And he starts paddling away, you know, paddling yeah. and paddling. Uh, a boat comes by. He it doesn't see him, but he grabs onto it and he rides that boat for a few days on the on, from the water. And he sees an island and swims off to that island. Lo and behold, guess who's on the island? Treat Williams, Famke, <laughs> and Kevin J. O'Connor. Oh, wow. Gary Busey gets to be in this. It's two sequels in one. It's the it, Deep Rising and Under Siege are in the same universe, and we follow the hijinks of these four castaways. It feels like it could be the same universe, honestly. And they don't know. They don't know that. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, his name is Peter Krill, almost Star-Lord. Yeah, Commander Krill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if his name's first name's Peter. I know he's Commander Krill. I think it's Peter Krill, almost Star Lord. Well, <clears throat> my sequel would be like a combination of Under Siege and Pretty Woman. So it's like the events uh, where because it's the same writer, right? And so it would be called like Pretty Siege or Under. I, I like Pretty Siege, I guess. And so <laughs> Under Woman's <laughs> a little different. So <clears throat> it's you know Seagal and Erica Leniak, and you flip it. Because you also find that Seagal is like an escort for hire. That's another thing that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, and it, his confidence gets shattered because he's got zero clients because mm-hmm. he's horrible and he's, and nobody, he's not attractive at all. He's, he's, he's frightening. He's disgusting, yeah. right? Yeah. He's repellent, but he's gone into the male escort business, right? And he dies of starvation. He broke, <laughs> he dies broke. So the end. Like a- it's like a, it's like a sad ass movie. That's it's it. Like the a, end. Steve McQueen directed this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And uh, Eric Leniak is his, um, like his his pimp. Right. And she dies. She dies penniless. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Pretty Siege. <laughs> um, and the terrorists like it come hey. in right at, at the end. The terrorists come in the end, but they see that they're already they're dead from from being broke. Yeah, and they're like, "All right, yeah, it's like it's like Owen and Baru, yeah, this little charred hooker and Madam Death." Um, so you've been given the financing to have your own product tie-in to the Under Siege film. Lots of ways it can go. Yeah. Um, so I, I've got a, uh, an Airbnb. Yeah. That I, I've done, uh, and I've gone for a very obscure. Basically, people will do like a search saying um famous movie locations airbnb mm-hmm. and i and i have done i've done a lot of research into uh you know seo and all that so i i had to get the that, that click hashtag the shit out of everything's perfect they think that they're going to some movie set mm-hmm. so they get there and i'm like no 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 you guys missed mistook this is the under siege experience uh in my airbnb I'm like all right all right we're, well we've made this trip to you know the congo so might as well you know, get out of our, you know, plane or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is I, I lock them in a meat locker, in a in a food room, you know? I lock them in a, in a what do they call it, in a, in a fridge? I think a food room's good, but meat locker okay. works. I lock yeah. them in a food room and I bar- barricade it in and we have muffled conversations. Through, through the, the door? Yeah. yeah. And when they've had enough after, you know, several hours or, you know, part, part of a day, I let them out and, uh, and then they have to, they have to make it through the kitchen where I've booby trapped the living shit out of it. Right. 
So like knives are flying through the walls, cakes are exploding, you know, there's pants all over the floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they, they're they just thrilled to be a survivor at that point. Right. And, I, you know, and, I, and I have them blocked from leaving reviews. <laughs> yeah. All right. I would just, I produce, did they ever produce a video game? No, but I've got a story about produce video games at some okay. point. We're going to do some movies that have, I can't believe video games exist for. Well, they just had a, somebody just tweeted about the Sopranos video game that I forgot about where they showed behind the scenes. Have you heard about this? It's supposed to be awful, but I didn't remember that there was a game. I don't remember one either. <clears throat> and AJ was a big part of it. Okay. <laughs> Recipe for success. <laughs> so I'd make a video game, under siege the video game, and the whole thing, it wouldn't be a fighter. It wouldn't be a platformer. It would be a fishing game. And you play a terrorist, and you're trying to fish with uh, a grappling hook, uh, Seagal, out of the water before he can uh, place bombs on the sub. And so there's two ways it can go bad, right? If you don't, if you're, if you don't hook him before he blows up the sub, uh, or if you pull out other characters from his other movies out of the water <laughs> instead of the Casey Ryback from Under Siege. That'd be tough. Yeah. So you you think you have him on the hook? Hey, it's Nico from Above the Law. Shit. <laughs> exactly. And every time you see that ponytail come out of the water, you know you fucked up. You have to throw <laughs> throw him yeah. back. And yeah. you do the one of the joys is you do get to throw Steven Seagal back. <laughs> you know, this sounds like an early Atari game, and I love it. And you can uh, bait your grappling hook with certain foods to get him to come up. Like you can bait your, for example, if you want a better chance of catching Casey Ryback, Ryback, you would maybe put a, bun- a, a huge hundred piece <laughs> cloves of garlic on your, <laughs> you know, something like that. If you want to catch the current Steven Seagal, just put. Food anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You think he's a rich man? Gotta be, right? And I doubt it. Yeah. No? I bet he's rich. I know for a fact, though, that he sits on a couch and eats it off of his stomach. <laughs> There's no way he doesn't put his food on his stomach and eat it. Um, do you think that, that you think that he uh, is living a quiet life during COVID? Like, what do you think he's up to? Not on Twitter, right? He's not, he's not tweeting. I, I don't know. I think he's probably working on a project, you know? Mm-hmm. This is like his directorial second. I think he's already directed, but you know, I think he did it on Deadly Ground. But he's killing it, whatever he is. Married four times, Steven Seagal. Okay, got to keep trying. Um, hey, guess what? The credits have rolled, and there's a stinger at the end of this thing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The last name is Pass, and now oh, the theater lights up with image. So we see a dimly lit industrial kind of. Eight by eight room, metal desk, metal chair. There's a, some sort of a uh, military sort sitting behind the desk, and at the other side of the desk is uh, Erica Laniac's character and some paperwork. She's uh, starting the process of filing sexual harassment suit. <laughs> the actress or the? Because <laughs> I imagine, yeah. Uh, the post credit scene, as you see, like you go into that control room. And you see Tommy Lee Jones start to kind of shake back to life. <laughs> and you're like, he, he slowly pulls himself out of the control panel. He looks fucked up. There's a huge knife sticking out of his, his skull. And he says, he just, the camera zooms into this shattered, like just destroyed man. And he, he sniffs the air and he goes, does anybody else smell toast? <laughs> you know, cause that's the, and then Gary Busey goes, 
yeah, I, I did toast earlier. He comes, he, no, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Isn't that the brain injury? Yeah. Like, isn't that the brain injury? Like signals you have brain injury if you smell toast, burnt like, toast. Like in Jesus' son, right? That's, it's burnt toast. Did you? Does anybody else smell burnt toast? And then the knife says, yeah, me, I do. I smell it. The knife starts talking. I don't know. I can't do this anymore. I'm awful at it. Did you, who do you think was the better punisher? Burnt toast or, uh, look, out at sea, tropical breeze blowing through an island yours or finally you've, the island you've gathered debris from all sorts of films over the years and now is your mm. time to take something special from under siege what do you adorn your your place with oh my god i mean that'd be a, that'd be amazing to take the to take the the, the battleship that'd be a, that'd be a good thing to have there You're taking up some space yeah i might take that uh tie-dye shirt that uh Tommy Lee is wearing in this that blue kind of tie dye shirt that he's wearing the whole movie. It looks like kind of relaxed fit, comfortable. You know, I take that because you know that's an expected experience. Like if you see someone on an island and they're wearing like a tie dye shirt, that's that's not. And I had like a tie dye shirt cruelly uh, traded away from me back in the day by a, a like a when I was a young man. This person, I had a really cool tie dye shirt, like really nice. And this woman, this girl, proposed to trade. And I felt bad. I was like, okay, we can trade. Like, I didn't want to, but I I was nice, so I did. And she gave me a, a really shitty tie-dye shirt. So I feel like I'd be kind of uh, correcting the past a little bit here. Because that's a pretty nice shirt. Don't do you agree? Yeah. <laughs> what about you? His head. <laughs> Whose head? Tommy Lee Jones. You take his dummy head? I take that dummy head with me. That's not a surprise. I would. It was. It's his upper torso. It's not just the head. It's the torso. It's the shoulders, mm -hmm. and it's in that. It's got that expression on it, it yeah. like where it's feeling pain. Mm -hmm. It's surprised. It, it's. It's. It's a. It's. There's a great. Like if you look at the still of that head, that's as it's being stabbed. It's got a look of surprise that I'm being killed. Mm -hmm. a, a sort of acceptance and an extreme pain. It's a hell of a creation, and I got that thing uh, right there. I got that on, on my. What do you call it? The the thing where your sink is, like where your uh, where your vanity. Yeah, yeah. I've got that. Right in my I've got that staring at me instead so, of a, instead of a, a mirror. So is this making the beast within its head? Is it jealous? Uh, different. No, di birds of a feather. I mean, I like to treat it. You know, it's it's. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a one torso person. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've got a variety of things there, but this one is. For sure, uh, uh, an object of uh, of introspection, and mm. I, I stare into it, and I, I, try, it. I try to reflect on its 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 visage, and I try to replicate that. I walk around the island making different faces of Tommy Lee Jones as I as I remember that the vanity. Mm. It's yeah. one thing you'd be doing with it for sure. <laughs> and I tiptoe every time I leave that room. I tiptoe in and I tiptoe out. Is that because you're because uh, of the shame? <laughs> I'm I'm sneaking up on it, sort of, and I'm sort of sneaking out, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hiding the dirty minutes. <laughs>